Hey guys, welcome to Bagman Broadcast, episode number 516. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out March 15th, 2023. We follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, we're returning to one of our old standbys, something we used to do every year. We took some time off from it just because of uh, COVID and movies weren't a thing. But guys, movies are back. They're back, baby. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise thanks us for showing up. Nicole Kidman thanks us for... She says her shit that I still don't understand. She she Uh, wants us to enjoy the magic of the movies. Silver screen while well, they're showing clips from movies that came out like forever ago. Uh, but we're bringing back the Bag and Broadcast Summer Movie Blockbuster Bracket Buster. This is Bracket Buster number five, which again, we've done more of these, but we always started numbering them with four. <laughs> the Buster Strikes Back. Mm. So we're going to be picking our top movies for this summer, um, which we got to get this done, guys, because movie season starts now. Yeah. Used, used to be in May, then started to kick up to like April. April. Now it's March, so yeah, it used to be fast. The Fast and the Furious would kick it off like early, uh, early April, mid to uh, late mid April, late April, and then the Marvel movies would come out first weekend May, and then uh, you know we were ready to go. But you know, I'm, what re- gets, I'm ready to go. You know what gets us really ready to go? Drinking, Drinking beer. Not that we would drink and then go anywhere because, you know, we're safe. Uh, but, Chris, you're drinking something from a local brewery. Local to you, that is. I am. Um, I went to a local brewery the other day, and I am not abandoning my new beer's resolutions. I still want to stick to it, guys. Um, it's just getting to the point now where the places that I haven't gone are the smaller places now, and mm-hmm. they have little bit more limited hours um and i realized last week i forgot to talk about the last brewery that i went to uh i'm in luck though because my beer today from sideward brewing was actually brewed in collaboration with them uh because this was done in collaboration with red light red light brew pub as well as the ravenous pig which is where i went last week um i didn't bring any beers home from them because I've had all their beers before. Uh, this was somewhere that I've always wanted to go. Uh, Ravenous Pig is a kind of like uh, brewery, like gourmet, kind of like pseudo gastropub. Uh, they don't have like a huge menu, but they also own the Polite Pig at Disney Springs, which is somewhere that I absolutely love. And they also have all of their beers available there. So this was a stop by to that brewery to actually just see if they have anything different. Note, they did not. Uh, still very good, very awesome place to go. But uh, just with everything going on last week, I forgot to mention it. But I'm glad I get to talk about it now with one of my favorite breweries, uh, Sideward, because I'm drinking their more common pale ale. And this beer actually won the silver medal at the uh, Best of Florida Beer Fest that happened today uh, for Best International Pale Ale. And this is fantastic. Um, this is my second one of these that I've pulled out of my four pack that I grabbed. Um, it's 
a little bit more on the IPA side than the just regular PA side. Uh, definitely has a little bit more of a hot pop to it. It definitely has like a nice citrus to it as well. Um, I I dig it a lot. And Ooh. I and it's only <clears throat> oh, it doesn't say on the can. I was gonna say it's probably a lighter ABV, which is probably similar to what you guys are drinking today. Yeah. Inspired by Chris's pick, uh, drinking last week of his uh, All Day Haze IPA from Founders, John and I picked up the Variety Pack that was just released that, John, you talked about last week as well. Yeah. Uh, the All Day Variety Pack. Right now, we're... Uh, we, got our, we got our Control, which is the regular All Day mm-hmm. IPA. And then we are kicking it off with All Day Haze. And, I mean, we've talked years on this podcast about our enjoyment of regular All Day IPA. Mm-hmm. I talked about it last week. It's my, it's, yeah. my favorite session. Uh, it's got that little bit of bitter where it lets you know it's it's more than a pale ale. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a great drinking beer. And then the All Day Haze coming in. Mm-hmm. And uh, All Day's Haze is softer mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. You lose that bittering for a little more tropical kind of note. Yeah, it's a single note. It's not. There's no melody here. It's um. The thing is, now that we have the control, I have to say that the all day IPA tastes just cleaner. It does have that bitter pop at the end, but it's a crisper just flavor overall it, it it starts off crisp and clean and then pop of uh bitter at the end whereas all day haze it's kind of like one note it's that in search of tropical hot <clears throat> it's it's a little it feels a little thinner mm-hmm. and it has some of those same kind of notes as all day but that bitter is missing so it mm-hmm. drinking them side by side it feels like an all day that's gone flat and is old in your fridge. Cause it's interesting. Cause it's thin. I know we're all recording in separate spots, but what are you guys all doing on my side of the table here? Because I told you last week that I was like, eh, I don't like this. And then John, you were like the big defender. You're like, no, it's, it's better. All, all day haze. When this came out last year, I um I I thought it was a lot better. I thought it I mean, was maybe good. maybe oh. it was when it first came out. Maybe now yeah. that's just something that's like now, they're now that brewing it more. They're just mass, like, mass produced for the variety pack. This um, this all day haze that I'm having does not remind me of what I previously had of it. Because Paul, you and I both yeah. were big fans of it last year. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thought it was a good a good addition to the all day name. Uh, yeah, canned on uh, January nineteen. Yeah. yeah, January nineteen. So it's not all that old. It's no, you know almost not two a, months. Yeah, and, and that's not enough to for these these beers. Yeah, I just but, uh, we just got these into our market, so it took Chris, us a month for them to get there. Which means Chris, fan, it'll uh, be it'll be two more months before you get them. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the line from one of your favorite movies. It's that jousting movie starring uh, Heath Ledger. A Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale. 
uh, like w- the guy finds him like and your character has been found wanting something like that. Like when you defeat somebody and you've been, f- you know, it's, oh, it's something like that. Yeah. 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 And that's why that's how I feel about this all day haze right now. It's like. I find it wanting. Uh, yeah. And I think especially drinking it side by side. Yeah. Uh, to the it's all a good day. experiment. Yeah, because that's what I've always said about these all days are all the sessions. So I'm like, I don't think it stacks up. Now we can tell if it stacks up. Yeah, if the if the <laughs> the, the its own brewery could make a session beer better. Yeah. Uh, but Paul, our next one should we go uh, red say, or the West Coast? I say West Coast and then red, right? So I I'm think intrigued the, by both of them, so I'm excited to hear what. I think the red, the red's going to be more malty, and the West Coast should be more hoppy, right? So it should be right. malt, maybe malt first. Malt first, then, okay. Red, red first. Yeah, then. I think the red would be the better to go first. Uh, and the line is: you have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. Okay, you've been weighed, you've been. Me- I knew there was more I to was, it. Then. I was going to make a joke and be like, "Oh, the line you're talking about is it's called lots." <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines from that movie but yeah so that's that's the kickoff for the beer now let's kick it off into the news garden hey. with some of our top favorite geek stories from the past week that's how I say it I know that's how you say it that's why I said it that way um, the first story I have written down is something that I thought was really awesome and really cool and I'm excited about this uh, because it was announced with the upcoming solicitations uh, for June of 2023, that Battle Chasers number 10 is coming out. And if that kind of sparks like an inkling of something in the back of your mind, like, oh, that sounds kind of familiar. Uh, Battle Chasers was actually one of the comic books that launched with the cliffhanger imprint from Wildstorm Comics uh, back in 2001, 2002. Um, it launched literally alongside Danger Girl and Crimson, uh, two comic books that we've talked about a lot just over the course of the podcast because, you know, those were kind of my way back into comics years ago. Uh, but then other parts of the uh, cliffhanger line were other books that we really enjoyed, like Aerosmith and High Roads. Those were also okay. part of this imprint. Um, creator of... Battle Chasers, Joe Madwera kind of was a rising star in comics at that time. And him doing this book was a passion project. But then he also started to do more comics at that time, which like more Spider-Man, X-Men, bigger books than like his own own little thing at an imprint of an imprint from DC Comics. Uh, And then after that, he actually went into video game design, started up his own video game company. And he's just been doing that and here we are now 22 years later battle chasers number 10 coming out uh in june which i think is just really cool because this continues to be a fan favorite book and he actually did a kickstarter to get this funded like two years ago and it was successfully funded so even though it's been like in the works for two years it's now official just on top of everything else that he's doing uh, for his company, uh, Airsh- Airship Entertainment, I think it's called. It used to be called Tri-Lunar, and then they rebranded it like five, six years ago. I don't remember, but uh, this is something that's really cool. And I'm hoping that 
they do put out maybe like a collected edition of like one through nine because this is something that well Amazon has a has a Battle Chasers anthology paperback edition. I would grab that. This is actually a book that when we used to go to conventions, I was looking Mm -hmm. to pick up all of them. Like it was one of my like Hmm. not grail finds, but I'd be like, oh, if I see an issue of Battle Chasers that I don't have, I'm going to grab it. But then when I moved down here and I unloaded all my comics, that was that was part of the purge. And now I'm like, man, wish I wish I still had those. But at the same time, there was only nine of them, Chris. Doesn't matter. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, uh. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah paperback is twenty four ninety nine. Uh, Kindle and Comixology is fourteen ninety nine. Um, but Batman also Chief. there's a Battle Chasers, um, game out right now, uh, called Night War. So yeah, uh, that was part of why he was uh, getting back into this because he did a game based on his comic book and people, people funded that. People enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, hey, there's. People still care about this thing, you know, like 20 years later. I would have to say from that imprint, I think Danger Girl is probably the one that's most recognizable to Joe's Joe's something Campbell. J. J Scott Campbell. J. J Scott Campbell. Three name people. They they throw me for a loop with their three names. Yeah. Uh, High Road. You have three names. (laughs) But I don't go by my three names. What's that, John? Looks from that that line. High, he said high roads. Sorry, high road. cut. I heard it the first time, but you kind of cut out Sorry. the second time. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I don't know. I think this is really fun, really cool, but not as cool. Or maybe it's as cool. I don't know. Um, when I was putting together the picks for the Bracket Buster. Mm. There was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie listed as coming out this year, but there was no actual title for it. There was no cast. There was no information. And it was just like, oh, Ninja Turtle movie. Maybe. To to be announced. I was like, okay, that movie's probably not coming out. It didn't say anything about live action, animation, whatever it was. Uh, But guys... We just got the trailer and the cast list for this movie, and holy crap. It's it's stacked. It's loaded. And the thing I like the most about this is they hired uh, teenage kids to do the voices of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, when we watched this trailer, Yanni was like, they sound so young. And she's like, it's mm-hmm. weird not hearing Raphael sound like a 40-year-old man. And I was like, hey, you put some respect on Rob Paulson's name, okay? Yeah. He just smoked two packs of cigarettes to deliver this, <laughs> deliver that grit. Uh, but the the cast list for it's absolutely insane. I'm bringing it up now because I was not prepared because I'm going to be looking up all the movie stuff later. So I didn't have this open. Uh, but just skipping over the kids, because to John's point, they are all like teenage kids. Like, and I don't recognize any of them from anything, which is cool. Like. Don't need to, but Seth Rogen's in this. Jackie Chan, Giancarlo Esposito, John Cena, Ice Cube, Paul Rudd, Post Malone, Hannibal uh, Burris, Maya Rudolph. Uh, There's more, but no, it's not showing on there. Um, Great cast list. And this movie looks amazing because it's a new 
ish style of animation, very reminiscent of Into the Spider Verse, where it's that CG with like texture to it. Uh, it's similar to what they did on the Puss in Boots movie, which is supposed to be very good. Uh, yeah, and it's yeah, it's supposed um, to be awesome. Yeah, the, no, no, I meant the 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 uh, textured because uh, I I was like, like I saw the like little snippets of for like on YouTube for the Puss in Boots movies, and I'm like. Okay, that just looks like another DreamWorks movie. Like, I didn't think it had a no it, a crazy art style. Where this is like, it's not a crazy art style. It's, it's art a style. it's a step between like the DreamWorks house style and like Spider Verse. But it's almost like that, like that texturedness to it, kind of like um, they had in Arcane on Netflix, the League of Legends show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it has a textured like uh, almost like it's painted, but it's kind of yeah. like a slightly yeah. I wouldn't say washed out painting, but kind of like a the paint hasn't dried and you've been shifting the paint the the it, painting around. I, I I feel like it's most akin to like the California raisins. Like remember that special like the claymation? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it has like a it mix. has a it has like a claymation-y kind yeah, there's of like a, look. like a stutter to it almost. Yeah, like if <laughs> like these they're... were maquettes uh, or something like stop-motion maquettes or claymation mixed with CG, I would be like, oh, yeah, that that's what it looks like to me. So, And that gets your not paint quite paint-dry kind of thing, too, because, you know, clay, a little wet. Uh, this, this looks awesome, man. If this trailer had come out, you know, a couple of weeks before when I had populated the list of movies that we're going to be talking about, this would have probably. Chris, there's always time it. to swap out one. I mean, there is. I don't. I don't want to call an audible on this right now because we're we're already in it to win it. Um, we'll just. Also, it comes out like it. March twenty. It doesn't it come out in March? Like once once the release date for that? Uh, August fourth. Oh, August 4th. Okay, never mind. Oh, I was way off. It is okay. Uh, John, you submitted a couple stories. Yeah, uh, I just want to say, like, the directors of this um, have worked on a ton of different um, animation. And one of the directors, Chris, was a writer on one of your favorite cartoons, Gravity Falls. Ah, do love Gravity Falls. Um, And I believe... Yeah, Brian, uh, Brandon O'Brien is the writer, and he was a writer for Neighbors 2, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, Regular Neighbors, The House. So he's been uh, he's written a lot of big. Those big comedies that weren't exactly big comedies, they were supposed they, to be huge. Well, they came out in the time where people weren't doing comedies because Nobody cared about comedies anymore. Music by Mark Mothersbaugh. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, John, your your stories that you brought. Yeah. Um. So we have some uh, casting news. We're going to the casting patch. It's the casting patch, John. Patch. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what I said? No, I, well, you know what? You might have dropped. Casting, 
casting patch. Yep. Yep. That's what I said. Oh, okay, I didn't casting hear patch? Casting yeah. patch. No, I didn't hear it either. Casting I heard patch? you that. I heard you like the last five times you've said it. The more I say so. it, the the worse it sounds in my head. Uh, but we have uh, the great Clancy Brown being cast in uh, the HBO Penguin uh, series as uh, Salvatore Moroni, um, which is great. I love Clancy Brown. I love him uh, as a voice actor. I love him in movies. Uh, he's someone who's always had a tie to DC cartoons. And uh, yeah, bring yeah, him in. Lex Luthor in the animated uh, Superman, the animated series. And then anytime Lex Luthor appeared after that. Yeah. Nice. And and yeah, he's got a I, great voice. So I feel bad because yes, I saw the Batman and I really enjoyed it. Did they mention Sal Maroney in it? And I just don't remember it because I know he wasn't in the movie, but because it was very gangster focused, and I know like Falcone was in it, but at any point did they talk about like, oh yeah, Sal said like, was there anything to kind of like lead to this? I believe that's who Falcone set up to take over his empire. Wasn't that who he, they kept talking about? They took down the big guy, and then. Uh, John Turturro's character took over, and then after he took over, he stayed hidden the whole time because he knew people were going to try to get him. I feel like that's who they set up. So I think this is going to be like a prequel, maybe a prequel story. Maybe. Uh, and then the other big casting news, something that certain fans have been clamoring for is the return of John Bernthal as the Punisher, and he will reprise the role in Daredevil Born Again. Um, mm. Hollywood Reporter and other news sites have put this up, but also he had a small uh, a small post where he said, like, I'm back, and he showed him, like, coming in from outside of his house, walking in and sitting down on his couch, but in the background he's got, like, an Adirondack chair, with the Punisher face on it uh, made out of wood. And it's just like right in the background. He walks past it, walks in, sits down and you just see it. And he's like, I'm back. So that's cool. Uh, Great as the Punisher. I, I wish that I had finished watching the Punisher series on Netflix because fantastic, but it was the kind of TV that's draining. Not because it asks too much of you or like, it wasn't good, but it's just after each one of those episodes, I was like, I need a hug. Like, I I can't subject myself to a second one of these because they're just heavy. And I, I don't want to say dense in, like, a bad way, like, where it's like, oh, it's, it's dense. I can't get it. It's just like there was a density to it, though, that afterwards you're like, all right, what, what feel good watching can I do now? And I think for a television show, a superhero television show to have that kind of effect on you like shows that yeah that these properties can have range they can have weight to them um i i just need to finish it now because uh i'm gonna need to know where uh frank's been where he's coming from yeah paul will he have, have not watched any horn? of it yeah will he have the new uh punisher skull with a horn uh symbol on him 
the new probably, logo, the new Punisher because, logo. Because this one's probably not going to be like head of the hand. Yeah. Mm. Unless they go that route, which shocking if they did somehow. Well, you know. Paul, have they introduced have the hand in the com- in the television show? Was the hand a thing? Yeah, the hand's a thing. They they still exist. Uh, they still brought back Electra and all that stuff. Oh, the Did Electra's you have, in it? Yeah, uh, she right. pops in in season two. The Electra episodes are like really good. Like it's not as forced feeling as it was in the Daredevil movie. Like as soon as Electra pops up, you're like, oh, that's Electra. But then they do things with her, and she's actually kind of like one of the linchpin characters when they got around to doing the Defenders series. Which was better than Iron Fist. I did not see Iron Fist season two, but I will say that. I have not seen any of them. And are they on Disney? Are they all on Disney Plus now? Or are, oh, they are on Disney Plus. You have to have your parental filter engaged or disengaged or allowing it um, because yeah. it's like the heart, the harder edge part. So it might not pop up when you're like doing the scroll through, like mm-hmm. to see what's available. But I think if you like search for it, it will be there just so kids don't mistakenly see uh the punisher hunting a man through yep. the woods every once in a while when my phone accidentally ends up in uh the united kingdom you know because of you know just well you gotta stop technology. mailing it there paul <laughs> technology and everything uh he, the disney the disney plus app i can watch you know without the print before the parental uh, thing was a thing like all the angel buffy the vampire slayer that was all available there you know on Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. You know, when my phone is accidentally somehow connected. No, I, I get it. With your, yeah. your, yeah. your, uh, I want to say UPN, but it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, when I'm, when I'm dialed into the UPN. Well, that's why uh, you'd be able to watch Buffy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it seems weird that here in the United States you got to do the parental thing. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, but maybe I will not watch that, you know, more than likely. Still won't watch it. I'm still behind. I haven't caught up with The Mandalorian yet. I haven't caught up with Bad Batch. And also uh, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi Knights I haven't that, watched. Yeah, I need to watch. I watched the first one. I still need to catch up on that. Um, I've given up on a- watching all of Visions. I just don't care. Star Wars Visions. I know there's uh, a couple episodes that are good, but... Visions is more hit or miss but mm-hmm. i think look up like the reviews of them yeah. and, and see which ones people are like oh people. this is like the best one oh this is the next like mm-hmm. and just watch like those ones um but yeah it took me so long to watch andor that that kind of oh andor took... i still have it's caught and that's the one when, that i was super excited when about. i when i buckled down i was like okay let me catch up on this i binged like the rest of it in one evening because i was like i can't stop now like this is this is great. Um, so now that I'm done with that and I'm like catching up on everything else, I, uh, I can circle back to uh, Bad Batch and Tales of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And since we're circling back, it's time to rally back for our next beer, maybe? Yeah. I saw, I saw John get up and get his. Paul, I think you you carried uh, all yours over when you came. Okay, yeah. I. Okay. Once I'm in this chair, I'm in this chair, guys. I am committed to getting things done, to podcasting, 
to drinking beer and hanging out with my friends and vamping until my friends have enough time to sip their beer so I they sip, can talk about it. I sipped mine. I didn't know if you guys want me to go first again since yeah, I'm drinking first, something different. Paul's, or Paul's taking his first sip, so let him get uh, acclimated uh, to it. My next beer from Sideward is actually going to be their Sideward Sabbath Volume 4. And Sideward Sabbath is actually their anniversary party beer. Every year when they have their big anniversary, they put out another Sideward Sabbath. And this year's is a Munich Dunkel. Mm. Um, On my first sip of it, it reminded me a lot of their uh, Sidetoberfest, which is their Oktoberfest that they do each year, which makes sense because they're kind of similar styles of beer um coming back into it though this is a lot more um malty which i think is kind of what separates an oktoberfest from a dunkel john as the resident beer guy uh i believe a dunkel is actually a uh dark wheat lager and uh, mm. uh a a Oktoberfest is a Marzen style, which is like a different malt than you'd use for a lager, but it's still lagered. And usually I believe it's lagered in the spring. Uh, a, nor- a traditional Oktoberfest is lagered in the spring and then uh, you drink it in uh, Oct- uh, September, October. I Gosh. thought a dunkel was something was something that my nephews call me when I do something stupid in front of them. Oh boy! Because I'm being a because I'm being a dumb uncle. A oh uncle. boy! Well, I mean, that is uh, a good joke. So I'm trying to like, I tried to type it in just to see what this was ABV wise, and it's not showing up. So I was trying to like open it up on um, Untapped, but it's not showing because it is very drinkable. It is malty. I wish I had poured it into a glass just so I could see how dark it is because. Dunkel is German for dark. Hmm. Um, I just yeah, I believe it's just a dark lager. How dark it's, is it? I mean, it's dark enough that I can't see inside the can. Oh wait, no, it's just because it's low light in here. Um, this is very good though. I have no complaints about this at all. I look forward to the rest of them that I have in my fridge. One of my cats just snored. Uh, have you guys gotten into your yeah? Your beers? Yeah. Uh, so this is All Day Crimson Sky, a session red IPA, uh, and I like this beer. Paul, you're you're opposite. You're I am completely opposite. Really? There is something that aftertaste. There is something off about it. There is something like it's trying to reach for like a roasted maltiness or something like that. And it is just not hitting for me. I'm getting like an off flavor on it. I don't get that at all. I get a nice malty roasty kind of ness to it. Um, But I I like it. I like to me, I was I'm surprised because I was going to say this stands up to all regular all day. And I think I like this more. It has a little of that nice dry your mouth out um, kind of quality that you want to keep going back and drinking more. I'm I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot. 
it it tastes like it's trying to be a brown ale and yet it's trying to be an IPA and I don't get that big I don't get that bittering from the the, the hops enough and that ro- and maybe it maybe it is a bittering and the roasted that are like playing with each other that's giving me like an off flavor uh sensation maybe it's the two flavors just bad I'm out I I am not enjoying this I I am frustrated by it because it reminds me of some of the like bad non-alcoholic brown ales or ambers that I've had where the flavor just isn't there, but they're it's trying to be. And it's like missing that note. It's like hearing a singer like beef, you know, singing a song and hitting just being flat the whole time. It's just it kind of has it that irritation to me. It's, I don't know. I get roasty. I get bitter hop. I, I I'm I'm loving it. I think I would I would take this over a regular all day. I mean, it would depend to maybe. I mean, a hot hot summer day, I probably wouldn't. Mm. Um, but I I really like this. I could see myself continuing to drink this a lot. I'm, I'm very happy for you because. Uh... I am finding this so discordant <laughs> to keep with the musical terms uh, that I, I, I am annoyed. I am. Yeah, I do not like. I Maybe you just got. I don't like. Maybe, uh, maybe it could just be like a the, bad can. Yeah, I, I maybe because this is something that I feel is like a little the little brother to like a black IPA. Like it's mm, yeah. it hits those kind of notes to me, like obviously not as roasty um, or dark, but it right. has like it's got it's got a quality that it's like, oh, yeah, this is a, like a session. Yeah, a session, a session uh, red IPA. But it's at dark this point, IPA. it's four point seven percent as well. Yeah. So right. how much are you saving, you know, like. At a certain point, when does a session not be? When is a session not a session anymore? At four point seven percent, you're in the regular beer territory. Anything think, above four point five, you're in like regular beer tor- territory for me. Well, I believe uh, yeah. session. I to be a session beer, you have to be under five five or five two, something like. Because that. I mean, there's just like your typical mass market lagers that are like four point <laughs> two, and that's not considered yeah. like a session beer, but. It it is so yeah I don't yeah. know well even well all day IPA is also four point seven so yeah that is the it, well all day haze is four point nine so if I'm complaining about it there the last one. I'm gonna look it up right now because that's yeah. a very good question because I I just know sessions as lower a ABV beers and. I guess like if I'm just going out somewhere and I'm looking for something lighter, I think if I see something under six, I'm like, okay, that's, Oh, really? I can get one of those and I can get something later. Yeah. It, for, for me I, personally, I think when I'm out at a, if I'm out at a bar and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be driving. I don't really want to, I want to drink something, but I don't want to be drinking. That's why I gravitate towards sours when I'm actually at bars, because normally the sours are like 3.9, 4 point, you know, right in that, like right around 4%. So from what I'm seeing is like 
to be a regular IPA, you're a six to eight percent. A double would be an eight to ten. A triple would be higher. Um, and a lot of that, that's kind of to be more basic about it. You know, usually you can have an eight percent double. It depends on what you're putting into it. And I believe to, it used to be if you were a session, you had to be below like five and a half, five and a half and below to be a session beer. But I would say, you know, at that point, session really doesn't have a, it, it doesn't have that weight that I was giving it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have that. Oh, it's a low ABV beer, because it's not. If it's five point five, it's not. It's a standard beer at that point. For me, yeah, that would still I, be a session compared to what I would normally drink, yeah, though. Like, I know that's, we're professional drinkers. That's lighter. But I, I would say in order the beer, I would know that I'd be buy, getting a beer that would be somewhere around 5%. Mm-hmm. And a session IPA, because you don't really see the session on too many other beer styles. So mm-hmm. it's just a way of saying, you know, I sit like a double, a regular yeah. And a session, you you know where your beer is going to be on that alcohol spectrum with that, and I mean they called it a session because it was you can drink a couple of them in a session and you know not be too blitz to to to, have to go out about your day, yeah. and it's supposed to be a low ABV beer like your Labatt or your Molson or this or that where you could sit and drink a bunch of them. And, you know, watch your football game, watch your hockey game and still have your wits about you. Yeah. So um, nothing kind of to do with this. Just wanted to talk about it before we headed on. Um, Tactical Brewing, one of the breweries I went to for my new beers resolutions. Loved it. Can't wait to go back. Um, They are releasing a Last of Us inspired beer. This weekend, it's called Click Click Boom, uh, and it's a Goza. It's 5.2%, but it's brewed with cordyceps. Oops. Um, sorry. I accidentally tapped on the picture to zoom into it and started playing a song. Um, but it's brewed with cordyceps, roasted lion's mane, oyster mushrooms, and truffle sea salt, because it's Last of Us, Steve, so it's all like mushroom. mushroom. It's got like a, oh, I can't really see it on my screen, but it's got like a clicker on the can. Um yeah, that's the beer I would want one of and be like, okay, now I can drink something else because I don't like mushrooms. I like truffle fries. Yeah, it's a texture thing. Oh, it's okay. not necessarily like a flavor, but like I'm going to go into this beer thinking like, oh, mushrooms. Um, right. Back to Ravenous Pig. When I got my burger from there, they did like a truffle garlic fries. Knockout. Amazing. Like it was one of those things like when we were eating, I was like, why can't all fries be like, garlic truffle fries like these are fantastic but yeah i, I don't know how here's gonna be with so truffle oil good yes so it's it, it's a texture because it doesn't so, have that like yoga mat texture yeah, to okay. it okay so if i had to raw, chew it i probably would not have liked it is the texture different between a like a, a fried mushroom and a like yes. raw mushroom yeah even if fried it's fried it good? still has that like sponginess to it mm, uh, don't like it I, I personally prefer 
a roasted, grilled, or sautéed mushroom to a raw mushroom, but I'll still eat a raw mushroom if it's, like, in a salad. It's not like, oh, just, like, take a bite out of it like an apple. See, I mean, I don't like... I'll eat those mushrooms, I'm the same, like, that way you described it and reminded me of broccoli, where, like, raw broccoli, I'm like, no, why would you want to do that to yourself? But if, like, you're having, like, steamed or, like, stewed or fried, like, then I'm like, okay, like, because it does something to that texture where it just breaks it up. Yeah, cauliflower is the same way. I'd rather eat cooked cauliflower than I wouldn't oh, yeah. eat raw. I wouldn't eat raw cauliflower. you got to be a madman. Yeah, don't get I it. eat all the raw vegetables. I don't. Uh, I don't yeah, like but you, give me a give me a veggie platter, guys, and I'm a. I, I, I think to become a happy boy. I think some of it is uh, we were allowed to be picky, where you were a vegetarian for many years, where you were yeah. like, I gotta eat anything. And also Grass clippings. Arr, 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 arr. Ooh, dandelion greens. Mm. But that's mm-hmm. see, that's something you can get like in a like a field salad, like that has yeah. like apricots and craisins and sunflower seeds and like that's fine a little peppery a little peppery like ooh. Mm -hmm. and speaking of stuff that we're picking off the menu what's (laughs) on your comic book menu this week when you go buy comic books guys did you know that justice league of america number two came out yes i did i also knew justice society of america number two came out that's what I meant. Uh, I didn't realize that. But uh, this week, Justice Society of America number three, written by Jeff Johns, is coming out. And it makes me want to go back and uh, pick up number two to see. Because uh, you didn't I like know it. We, we read it at, for the – and it was like a weird time travel thing where, like, this isn't the Justice Society of America that we know. Uh, but I, I'm still – I'm like, I'd rather read the Stargirl stuff, the Stargirl and Lost Children. That was more fun. Yeah. But I, There's you know, a Power Girl book coming out. Like, I think it might be a one shot. That hmm. sounds kind of promising. But, I, you know, it's a light week and I figured, you know what, I might as well. Maybe I'll go back and check out issue number two. So if I like to, it enough. To quote Paul that yeah. hasn't said this in a minute, but maybe this is where this one gets yeah. good. Maybe it's maybe <laughs> this is where it gets good, guys. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, John, what book are you picking up? Uh, I'm going to pick up Little White Lie, number one from Aftershock Comics, written by uh, Ray Fox, art by Mark Torres. Um, And this is a prestige format uh, one shock. That is, uh, I guess. Because it's a horror book. It's. Well, I think a one shock instead of a one shot. Yeah. Um, uh, but they're leading fresh- into it. It's like uh, Rocktoberfest or yeah. Toyota so Thon. You just take a word and you make it buy out a car. If you're if you're after you the, they're going to be selling you the Chevy Volt in this one. Ooh. So be ready. Synergy. Uh, I, yeah, if you're after shock, you do one shocks instead of one shots. Um, but this is uh, wealthy, identical twin brothers find a bizarrely seductive shape shifting creature living on an isolated, isolated estate. Um, they get drawn to a mind bending battle of predator and prey against an enemy that turns all their greatest strengths against them. Uh, yeah, I enjoy uh, Ray Fox. I'm, so what's their great st- like their greatest strengths? Is because it sounds like they're just rich. 
Uh, I think that they look like each other, and then the shapeshifter uh, looks like them, too. I don't know. We'll find out when I read the book. But I had to give my pick uh, to Chris. Well, because it was my pick originally, and when I tell you about it, you're going to understand, dear listener, because I'm picking up No One, Number One, and this is coming out from Image Comics, and this is being written by Brian Bucoletto and Kyle Higgins with art by Geraldo Borges. And this is the next part of Kyle Higgins and Image Comics' Massiverse, their self-contained kind of uh, ever-growing street-level superhero uh, comic book imprint that includes things like The Dead Lucky, uh, Inferno Girl Red, all the radiant colors, radiant black, radiant red, radiant pink. Um, But this one is taking place in... uh, the far off city of Pittsburgh, where there's been a rash of murders and there's now copycat killers. There's some political unrest. There's uh, a mask vigilante who's trying to break down and stop what's happening. Uh, that's who no one's going to be. I've talked about this universe a lot over the past couple of weeks. Um, it's really hard to not subject you guys to all of these books for the look back because it's something I'm heavily interested in. I might be picking this one for my March look back. I'm not 100% yet if I'm going to. Uh, I really like this little sandbox that Kyle Higgins has created. I'm especially intrigued by the fact that there's going to be a companion podcast being released for this comic book uh, and the podcast is being hosted by one of my favorite 90s sweethearts Rachel Lee Cook and one of my favorite 2000 sweethearts Patton Oswalt um, I'm guessing they'll be in some sort of character for this and it's going to be like an in-universe kind of supplementary podcast which I think is really cool um, yeah sign me up and when I did read the solicitation for this I was like, oh, John could be into this. And then when John texted me his pick for this week and he was like, no. And I was like, God damn it. That's mine. But I was like, also, it does sound like something John would pick. And then maybe not read the last paragraph that says like a massive verse spin up. Like so. But to like circle back, is this something that you will be picking up, John, even though it's like my my pick? Are you like interested in this enough? Yes, this would be my number one pick for this week. Uh, when I, I, I picked it, I looked at the solicitations real quick. And then when I was going to send it, cause I've been sending my picks to Chris, um, I went through and I was like, just reread it again. And I reread the whole thing. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is going to be Chris's pick. He's going to want this. And I sent it anyways, uh, more as a joke. And then, um, as I was popping on to the show, Chris was like, I got to find another book. John Stolmeyer. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, no, I'm just joking. You can have it. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Paul, you're supposed to let us know when you're recording. I didn't realize that you had recorded that part of me complaining about John picking my book. So no, you can play it like it right there. Wow. <laughs> it's editing. It's all good show. It's all for the show. You guys always tell me always record. Always, always record. Always record. But um, I just updated the Google Doc because – if you Are we not doing it. something that's killing the children next week? <laughs> <laughs> pushing, we're pushing it back. Ah! Got, again, 
No, uh, just for the the March monthly look back. Uh, no one number one will be my pick. I did have Rogue and Gambit on there. I haven't picked it, it up yet. Um, I just didn't go to the comic book store from last week to buy my books. So, uh, but yeah, if I'm picking it up, and if you'll be picking it up too, we might as well make Paul buy it. Yeah, so, might as well. Yeah. So you know what else we're gonna make Paul do? Pick movies that he's never going to see. No. Oh, oh, dramatic reading. I don't know if he did that on purpose or not. Gears. Gears is it. <laughs> and now, a dramatic reading from Thor number five, page 10, panel three. I'm not afraid of the end. Do you hear me? And that was a dramatic reading from Thor number five. Page 10, panel 3. This was one of those rare occasions where when I opened the book, it was at a panel and I was like, oh, man, maybe I'll have Paul read that. And then I kind of looked at it and I was like, eh. And then I had to like scroll through and I was like, "Ugh, there's just a lot of bullshit in this book. I hope I did it justice. You did, did, Paul. I mean, I'm glad we're not recording on Audacity anymore because you would have been, like, leveling out on that uh, one. Yeah, you yeah. you went in. Had to. Had to. But you know what I had to go in for? Your last beer? No, picking picking the... We got a... Whoa, whoa, we got a lot of comics. To, or comics. God damn it. We do a comic book podcast, about. but we're talking about movies. But uh, movies, it's a lot of time in theater. You got to pace yourself. You can't order the large soda and drink oh, it before no, I, the credits are over. Yeah, I always order the large soda because I'm getting like the large popcorn, too. So I need something to sate that thirst. And man, guys, we've skipped over the Bracket Buster for a couple of years. Like we said up at the front, um, because it was definitely a weird time for movies over the past couple of years where things weren't coming out. They were being released only to streaming services or cable channels. Uh, things were coming out to streaming services that you had to pay for and people weren't because then they were going to wait for it to just be released for free. Disney Plus looking at you. Uh, and then things were coming out in theaters and bombing because nobody wanted to go to the theaters, either because they knew it would be coming out to streaming or they didn't feel safe or secure. So the, the Bracket Buster took a little bit of a sabbatical, but it's back now. And... Kicked off the show by saying a little bit of this. I looked up a list of some of the big movies that were coming out starting this week. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, And then I put everything into a Google bracket maker. So some of these matchups might seem a little bit weird. Uh, Full disclosure, Paul usually builds the brackets with the movies that we pick based off of seeds because the what you think is going to be the top yeah. movies always goes up against like what you think is going to be the worst movie because that's and also obviously like how it would play out. But trying to keep the times kind of together too, so you're not waiting for like the top seeded matchup for like all of August. You know, from if the movie comes out in June, you don't want its matchup to come out in August because you want the bracket to kind of move and flow. Google and bracket we, maker don't care about that though. So I put all those movies in and it built a random bracket, which I think is kind of fun because some of these movies might not necessarily seem like they would go up against each other, but I think this is going to lead to some interesting picks and we're not going to wind up with like the same bracket we would have had we gone that. And also, years before. 
huge difference in the bracket. It's not conference based. It is a, a, a straight single conference bracket. Normally we have two different like 16 team brackets going go, going down. So then there's one winner and one winner coming head to head. And this Oh no 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 that's there's, there's brackets there is there, yeah. there is cuz just the way the bracket builder makes it it doesn't go like on separate opposite sides, sides of the screen yeah. it's just kind of like indented over but there is definitely <clears> a weird play in of 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 that are eight movies basically getting a having to play into the actual bracket itself yeah, yeah. okay it's that's, it's weird but it's weird but it works yeah. it's it's a different way to do it uh and also I wanted a way for us to do this like digitally, so it is easier to have uh, everything available. So Paul didn't have to like look at screenshots of things that we made or like hastily hand scrawled things. Um, but without delaying too much longer, guys, welcome to the Bang Broadcast Summer Movie Blockbuster Bracket Buster Five: The Buster Strikes Back. We need we need a Buster now. We need a Buster sidekick mascot thing. <laughs> well, I think the sidekick mascot was always the fact that the fun of this was the title for it was so long, and the idea and the joke was it needs to just get longer, which is where like the episode four, a new bracket, episode five, the Buster Strikes Back, came in. Yeah, uh, but our the top two or the yeah, top should have been Return of the Bracket. We should have just skipped five and just went right to six. Oh, because then six can be. Oh, I know, but then because six this is be. the return of the bracket right now. Uh, Anyways, John was talking, <laughs> and he was uh, actually that, recording, and you know had his microphone working, so we should listen to him this time. <laughs> fucking prick. Uh, <laughs> the first two movies that are going to go up against each other is going to be Barbie, which is the uh, Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. A Barbie movie based off of Mattel, and uh, then Evil Dead Rise uh, gonna go against each other. Uh, and I think I think Barbie is gonna be like a sleeper hit, but I know that horror fans out there have been waiting for more and more horror movies, and there are is a huge Evil Dead fan base that will probably want to go for this. So. My pick is going to be Evil Dead Rise over Barbie. I, I'm going to jump in here uh, just because I am going to be picking Barbie because in this matchup, at least, I will be seeing both of these movies because I love the Evil Dead franchise and I need to see the next chapter. But as soon as the Barbie trailer came out, like Yanni and I had to watch it, and she's super excited to go see that movie. It looks weird. It looks fun. It's kind of cool that our first two picks are so diametrically like opposed to each other. But I think when it comes to box office, which all this is based off of, because we look at their first, like the opening weekend or opening week, because movies come out of weird days now. Um, I think Barbie's going to get more feats to the seats. And I think Barbie ultimately for me is going to be what winds up passing up evil that arise. And I think regardless of how these movies 
are, like what people like and what people respond to. I think Barbie's going to make more money than kind of like Evil Dead, which is kind of, yes, it's horror, but it's also kind of niche horror. Like, it's not like a Blumhouse, like, oh, someone someone found a video. Oh, there's a weird doll that's killing people. Like, I think this is playing off of the name Evil Dead, and if it wasn't Evil Dead, it, it wouldn't be an Evil Dead movie. I don't know. Yeah. Paul. Uh, the one thing that we've kind of seen now at the box office is that horror movies are a big draw. It actually gets people to go out to the theater to see it. Maybe it's a communal experience of seeing a horror movie all together in a dark room that you can't really replicate at home. But, you know, uh, movies like Meg have done surprisingly well, uh, even if it's like, you know, kind of a comedy slash horror movie um we saw cocaine bear which is kind of i guess it's not really a horror movie but it's kind of a meme but yeah but did well uh, i performed ant-man quantumania uh the past week so i have to think like uh what is more horrifying than the marketing and, and uh the just constant monoculture that is barbie uh, there is nothing more horrifying than that, and that is why I picked Barbie to uh, beat Evil Dead. Christ. In my defense, because I don't want to come off as like a naysayer, because I'm more excited to see Evil Dead. It was one of the movies that I'm most looking forward to when we did our annual Look Forward episode. But yeah, I think that means uh, on our overall bracket, Barbie continues on. And if John's right with Evil Dead passing by, this this could clinch it for him. This could be his year. Could be his year. I have never won one of these. I, I think I've won two of these. Yeah. Aaron uh, won one, and then didn't Lawrence? Texas, uh, yeah, Lawrence, Texas, yeah. Texas, yeah. Texas yeah. Wignut also won one. <laughs> like people, other people have won it. More than me, who's been on the show. <laughs> what does that tell you about? Created your- this bracket originally. Well, I feel like this next one's probably going to be a give me because we have Disney's The Little Mermaid live action remake going up against Fast X, Fast Ten. It's Fast Ten, but it's an, a Roman numeral X. But, not but they're saying it's the X. Roman in the movie, the character. Um, full disclosure. I don't have the biggest history of watching Fast and the Furious movies. I did make a promise to myself, and I haven't talked about it with my girlfriend yet, but I do want to watch all the Fast and the Furious movies just to kind of, like, catch up to where pop culture's been for the past, like, 15 years. Cause Chris, I might mail I'm, you the Blu-rays. You don't have to. Like, they're probably uh, no, streaming on because, something. Oh, if it's streaming someplace, let yeah, me know. I think I can, I think if, I can watch them somewhere. Okay, um, let me know because Kate hates them so much. This not oh, but this she, past Monday, she loves the Michelle Rodriguez though. The, the Monday before that was my Monday Fun Day, and I we sat down to watch Fast and Furious two, or Too Fast Too Furious. Sorry, um, we got like halfway through it, and she's like, "You got to turn this off." I I absolutely hate we this. We went on the Fast and the Furious like ride at Universal Studios, and the thing <laughs> is, that's over the top and fun. These first two movies are not you over got, the top and fun. You got to get to four. They're, they're, they're still four. trying to play it straight and like it's a serious movie. Four is when it goes off the rails. 
I can't. I I'm done. I can't make it. I don't understand why you bought a ball. <laughs> because it was like twenty bucks for the nine pack yeah, on Blu-ray. Paul, that's twenty dollars you could have used for anything else. I thought I was I was, uh, thought I was getting nine movies of pure entertainment and fun. Like but the one like thing, Mister and Mrs. Smith. But something draws people to the theater to see this these movies. They're they're high grossing movies. Uh, I'm going fast ten. I'm fasting <clears throat> fast tening my seatbelts to this movie in my bracket. Yeah, uh, these movies I, do billions now. I'm also going to go fast ten because I've learned in the years that we've done this. Bracket Buster is you never bet against Fast and the Furious movies till the end of the bracket because they usually uh, go pretty yeah. far. I I'm not going to be the lone standout and be like, oh well, I guess I need to talk about Disney's The Little Mermaid. Um, I was also going to go Fast Ten because these movies are juggernauts now. There's no stopping them. The fact that there's been ten of them, I think, and then like spin-off movies with X not not X versus Sever. The characters from Fast Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, thank you. You said X did you say X versus Sever before? You know, you said Miss Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Bad yeah. movies, all of them. Mr. Um, and Mrs. Smith is great. I think Disney <laughs> has had some success with their live action like remakes. Uh <laughs> I love Jungle Book. I loved Aladdin. Beauty and the Beast is okay. It's fine. Lion King technically looks amazing, but it's not a good movie. I haven't watched Pinocchio, but it seems like everyone that did watch it hates it. Um, I think Disney's push to update and modernize their stories has worked not so much in their favor. I think people already like the Disney movies. I don't think they need to do anything to try to keep it contemporary. I think they're timeless. That stands enough. Like people just like these franchises. They like these characters. And I think we're in a different version of what we had in the late eighties, early nineties, where they were like, Oh, people like Cinderella. Let's put out the direct to video Cinderella too. Mm -hmm. Because now we can cash in on something that people have that nostalgia for and like families will buy it because like, oh, it's a Cinderella. And now we can resell Cinderella and we'll sell Cinderella, too. I think we're in a new era of that. And Disney should be focusing more on their newer or not so like blood dry franchises like strange world looked good when I saw the trailers for that movie didn't perform maybe focus more on that than sinking money into live action redos like focus on the new stuff to get that new generation of viewers that will carry these movies into the next 50 years instead of cannibalizing your business I think that's something that they need to take a hard look at and I don't want a movie to fail ever. I like movies. I'm glad they're back, baby. But I think with Little Mermaid and then the trailer for the Disney Plus, um, Wendy and Peter Pan came out automatically. Everyone was like, no, why? We we don't want this. I, th- I think we're going to see this taper off. And I think it's going to cost other movies like the Aladdin sequel or the Mufasa movie. Like, I think they might just... Sh- my shelf stuff like that now. If yeah. there's a 
animated movie that needs to get updated and just like uncringed, it's Peter Pan. Peter Pan is pretty gross. I only the only thing I like about Peter Pan because I do not like that movie is the mermaids that want to kill Wendy because they're jealous of her. Uh, only thing I really like about that movie. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next up is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, talking about a crazy animated style uh, CG versus just somebody acting crazy with Nick Cage in Renfield. That's right, Nick Cage as Dracula. Ranfield is a uh, poor, out of touch, or poor, uh, whipped, yeah, uh, underappreciated, assistant. <laughs> yeah, personal assistants to said Dracula, who has some powers in order to, you know, draw and get uh, Dracula's victims to him. Uh, versus Spider-Man across the Spider Verse, which seems like it will have all the Spider-Man, much like how Skyrim had all the dragons. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse will have all the Spider-Men. Yeah. Uh, and this is the movie that my wife and I are talking about. Okay, is this the right time to take Grayson to the theaters? Uh, because he absolutely loves Into the Spider-Verse. So we want to take him to see this. And we also want to see it. Like, it was one of those movies I didn't see in the theater but we saw it on TV and I was like, damn, this is like one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. And if you ask my son who his favorite Spider-Man is, it's spin. It's the Miles Morales Spider-Man. He's has two regular Spider-Man costumes and we, he got a Miles Morales from the Spider-Verse like costume. And today he was running around as Miles Morales Spider-Man. He was, taking he's been watching blues clues so he had his notebook and he was doing his blue clues and he looked up at me and goes i'm miles morales doing my homework and went back to it and i was like <laughs> oh okay kid whatever but uh i'm excited for this movie um i'm looking forward to it i definitely want to see renfield but it's not a movie i have to see in the theater where into the Sp- or into the spider-verse is definitely a movie i want to see in the theater John, I will uh, make a mild suggestion here. Maybe try out the drive-in theater with him. Mm. What time do those movies usually start at? If it's, oh, yeah. They can be 7 o'clock during the early summer. Right, right, right. What time do I put my son to bed? 8.30. Yeah, uh, and that's with a hour of me and all the things you have to do to get a kid to bed. It would be a special night. Yeah. Much like going to the theater. So he's in his PJs before you even leave the house, bud. Yeah. 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 But you know what an overtired four year old is? No, I'm in not saying. Yeah. Yeah. Good parents don't sub don't have other people have to witness that. It's craziness. It's pure, crazy, wild, crazy energy. (laughs) I saw my son lift a car one time when he was it was past his bedtime. It was that uh, Miles Morales strike. <laughs> you found your son in a crater. Uh, and then the next day is is usually even worse when they don't get a good night's sleep. So I thought about drive-ins. That's a mild it, suggestion. That's what's smile. 
Paul, I, I thought about it too, but I was like, hmm, they start way too late. It would have to be, like you said, early, early summer or late summer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's 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 not for uh, it's not for him right now. So we're thinking Wednesday, early morning, first showing at a theater. Kind and of. You're you're prepared to leave. Yeah. See, that's why I was thinking drive in because like you could you pay for the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I and I you told- can just leave. Like, yeah. and it's not a big deal versus, yep. I, and he's only, I, I know we've already, we've already missed this, but I think it, it could be maybe a different or good experience because like, if he stays up and watches it, cool. You got to see Spider-Man. If he falls asleep, like, okay, well he can sleep in the car. You still got to see Spider-Man. And then like you leave yeah. after that movie. And if like you want to stay and watch like whatever the double feature is like, cool. Like kids already in bed. Like, you, you bring him home. He doesn't fall asleep in the car. Oh, mm. okay. Well, that's maybe it's because he hasn't been running around as Spider-Man watching a Spider-Man movie yet. Nope. I think it would be pure chaos in my car okay. after a certain well, point. But you know what isn't pure chaos? Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse beating out Renfield. That's what I'm picking. Chris. Yeah, I I'm also very excited for Renfield. The trailer for this movie came out right after I had watched the menu also starring Nicholas Holt. And I really did enjoy him in that movie a lot. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think this is going to be something like people speak back to for years to come, almost like the Shaun of the dead where it's like a horror comedy, but it's more on the comedy side and that's what sparks with people. But Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, like, yeah, it's, it's going to do better. It's definitely the one that I'm also more excited to see. Uh, not that I always need to vote with my heart for this, but I just think that movie is going to do do gangbusters. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Spider-Man is going to win uh, throughout the rest of my bracket. <laughs> Good to know. Yep. Just uh, And the next one is going to be, I think, on the tougher side because Shazam is a movie that, Everybody basically said it's one of the better DC movies. And then you have John Wick Chapter 4. And the John Wick series has been a big, big movie franchise. And the trailer for the 4 looks amazing. And um, it's a a toss-up, but I definitely think John Wick is going to out lightning bolt Shazam here. I so I really enjoyed the first Shazam movie. I have not seen any John Wick films so far. It's on my list. Like just the other day we were talking about what we want to watch uh, over the next couple weeks, couple months, uh, just with our our nights free. And John Wick was one of the ones who was like, yeah, I would like to watch the John Wick movies, not necessarily to catch up for this one, but just because like they're all available on, I think, Hulu or Peacock. Like you can just sit down and watch the trilogy. (laughs) Shazam is the one that I am more excited to see. And that's why this is going to get my vote. Um, Early reviews of it are generally positive, but not to sandbag myself. I think DC right now is in a spot where people 
might not want to go to the movies because they know everything's being reset. But then I also have to think, am I thinking that because I'm in the bubble? Like, is the general movie going populace aware that James Gunn has stepped into a role with Peter Safran? They're rebooting everything. Flash is going to be the flashpoint for that. Or are they just thinking like, oh, Shazam, that's that movie that's in the DC universe. We saw the first one that came out like four years ago. That was fun. Let's go, hon. Um, I, I don't know. This is kind of a hard pick for me because I want Shazam to do well. Uh, when James Gunn went through like the chapter one Gods and Monsters, he made this statement of like, yeah, you know, Shazam has kind of always been his own thing, but he definitely does fit in the universe. I don't want Shazam to not carry forward into chapter two because i think that movie is a lot of fun and the trailers for this also look a lot of fun but i don't know if there's enough fun here to move other people in i Mm -hmm. i don't know but i'm still gonna go ahead with shazam that's that's my pick uh if i'm wrong i'm wrong and i accept that because i just i don't have that that john wick and i know people like it but how much longer are people going to care about Chadwick? I guess is kind of my thought on that. Cause again, I haven't seen any of them. How long can the guy stay angry and just kill people? I don't know. Uh, it's uh, the first, uh, we, we can move on. We don't need to get, get into the Chadwick yeah, I, movies. I, I just, I just don't know enough. That's why I'm going Shazam. Yeah. I, I'm going to say that. I, I hear you, Chris, with your fatigue on uh, John Wick, but I think su- uh, superhero fatigue is finally settling in. Maybe it's because we all know that they're going to be on Disney Plus soon enough with the Marvel <clears> movies. <throat> uh, but we, we saw the huge drop off from Ant-Man Quantumania, like having one of the worst uh, second weekends in history. Um, but it also the first the first weekend for Ant-Man Quantumania was better than Ant-Man and the Wasp. Though. Like, so it might have been more front loaded and then like it's going to taper off and end at the same point. But also. I, I think you're right. Like it could be people know it's going to be popping up somewhere else now. It it was so front loaded because the marketing made it seem like, hey, this is kicking off the next chapter. This is the thing that's going to this is bringing Kang and Kang Dynasty. This is it. This is setting up the rest of the the this is going to be the kickoff, the plan for what Marvel will be for the next 10 years. Um and then everybody's like, well, it doesn't really do that. And people stop going to the movie. I, and so my, Shazam. Oh, sorry. Okay. I, I just wanted to piggyback off of the Ant-Man thing okay. real quick. Um, I think not necessarily superhero fatigue, but I think Marvel might have finally hit their critical mass with putting these out where everybody that wants to see these movies is going that first weekend. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting just the general audience anymore because – the general audience might be aware that there's now, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Media was like the 31st Marvel movie. Like I haven't done the Marvel math thing. Like, looking at the Marvel movie retrospective thing. I think maybe people are now like, oh, there's 30 movies that lead up to this. Have we seen all of these? Are we able to remember everything that happened? No. Okay. Well, Disney Plus. I think it might be like both sides of that. It would be the 41st looking oh, at the Marvel it. movie retrospective, if counting all the movies, TV shows, shows and yeah. special 
special features. Um, yeah, and I'm just saying now that Sean Gunn, Sean, um, yeah, Sean Gunn has come out. James Gunn. Like, James Gunn, not Sean. Sean, Sean Gunn's his, his brother. Yep. Who we'll be talking uh, about when he gets Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Volume 3. James Gunn came out, and he didn't make mention. He made, like, passing things that, hey, he's he still fits in. He was always on his own corner. Like, he he still fits in with what we want to do. But he didn't make mention of the character showing up in other things. Mm-hmm. Like, if he made mention that, hey, Zachary Levi is going to be Shazam later on, if there was talk about that, how this helps lead into what they're doing, I think maybe there would be a bigger draw. But that didn't happen. Uh, so I'm going John Wick, Chapter 4. It's it, it's close, and the only reason I'm doing that is because I think it's it's another superhero movie that doesn't have that big tie-in feature. So yeah, it's we're in a weird wait and see period right now, not just with DC, but I think Marvel is also going to have to be kind of approaching that. And we talked about in the Week in Geek where Kevin Feige was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to be scaling back on." the release is just to have things have more pop. Like they need to kind of like stand and like get people excited. And I'm good without any more series and just keep on giving me these special features. Yeah. We, we might not be seeing like a fourth or fifth movie in a franchise. Like give us like a one, a two, and then like a big crossover event where that character appears like that. That might be the way to go because I mean, if you think back to what we all loved about the MCU, that was what was going on. It was, Hey, you got Captain America. Captain America's appearing next in Avengers. And then he got his sequel movie. And then the next movie after that was the next big crossover event. Well, even in his second movie, it was a crossover. He had Black Widow. He had uh, Nick Fury. They introduced a new character with the Winter Soldier. Like, So where was- do we go next, Paul? Do you want to continue down this uh, side of the bracket or do we jump over to the other side now? I would go back up top. Okay. To Barb, because that, that was the play ins. Now we're actually in the bracket, and then we would go straight down column C. Okay. And then next we would go straight down column E. And, you know, all, and that's how we would go. Mm-hmm. We would just keep on going down. So I have Evil Dead versus Fast X. And you two have Barbie versus Fast X? Correct. Yes. Uh, so I think Fast X is going to take take it over Evil Dead. Yeah, I think that Fast X is going to uh, speed away with this one. So uh, I I agree. I think Barbie, as much as people love her, she's an institution. I think Barbie is going to fall to the family, and that's where I go. Uh, and so the next one is Spider-Man into or across the Spider Verse, and versus John Wick. That's what I have as well. I have and Spider-Man versus Shazam, but to to eight Paul, I think Spider-Man is going to continue on. Correct. I think Spider-Man is going to go continue on as well. So, uh, so <clears throat> go ahead. So then that's going to take us into the n- other movies that we haven't talked about yet, and that is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume <clears throat> Three versus uh, Elemental, which is the Pixar or is it just the Disney? It's the Pixar. Yeah, it's Disney Pixar. Um, and I between the two, I think it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I I think the 
the track record right now with Pixar movies are, I think parents who would take those kids have Disney plus and are yeah. like, eh, I don't have to take, I don't have to spend a fortune at the theater. Yeah. This will be on there soon enough. And in some cases I, with, uh, what was the, the Buzz Lightyear movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't great. And the strange, uh, strange, strange world. That was Disney strange world. That was, was, yeah. Also wasn't great though. And you, and, and some not in the general consist generally, I think people no. would say that they're one in the same kind of studio houses. They're separate, but that's yeah, a Disney Pixar. You know, you, you kind of put them together. So uh, I, I separated I, because Pixar normally makes me feel like I just got a kick in the gut. It makes me want to cry versus Disney where. Yeah, it has some heart, but normally it's not like putting thumbscrews to me to make me cry. I I agree. I think Elemental looks good from the teaser trailer that we got. We still don't know a lot about the movie, but I think people did feel burned by Lightyear because it's not the movie that they wanted it to be. I think people are expecting, oh, it's going to be what what it was sold as. It's like, oh, this is the movie that inspired... Buzz Lightyear. That's not the movie that inspired Buzz Lightyear. That's like the gritty remake of the original movie that would have inspired Buzz Lightyear that came out and people are like, oh no, this is too dark. Um, I think people are already invested in the Guardians characters just from their appearances over the year in the MCU. And I think Marvel's doing a good job marketing this as like the end of the Guardians franchise. Like some of these characters might be popping up in other stuff, but I think everyone knows this is the last Guardians movie because it does have that air of like finality in all the trailers that you watch. And I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy was the little engine that could for Marvel because it proved that they could pick random, weird space superhero characters and it got people into the theater and people loved it. Uh, and I think those people are still going to be turning out elemental. N- no guardians is my pick. Yep. Agreed. Guardians versus elemental. Um, I, I just think people are going to show up or there were so many questions left open with the guardians. Uh, last time we saw them during in uh, not infinity war. What's that? What was the, the end Christmas of Christmas special Christmas special and also end game end game. Thank you. Um, that we want to see what, how Gamora, who is Gamora, why is Gamora, all that, all those questions. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, the next matchup. I'm very interested to hear what you guys yeah, have to say. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to go wild card on this one because this is Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. This is the first of two movies that is going to wrap up supposedly the Mission Impossible. Uh, franchise home by uh, Tom Cruise versus Super Mario Brothers movie uh, being voice acted by Chris Pratt, which the internet was up in our uproar about. We've seen some trailers. The trailers look fun. Uh, guys, you know where I'm going with this, so I'll let you guys go first. Chris, you you want to be a wild card? I'm going wild card. I'm. I haven't seen any Mission Impossible movies in forever. 
I will be going to see Super Mario Brothers, though. I think when this was announced, it sounded like one of those, like, oh, cash grab. <laughs> People are doing this. And then the trailer came out, and everyone's like, oh, that actually doesn't look half bad. But Chris Pratt's Mario, no. Like, he's not even doing a voice. But then we got the actual full trailer, and it just looks ridiculous fun. And I think... That's going to move families to the seats in the theaters. I think, yes, Mission Impossible is going to do very well. I mean, just based off of um, Maverick. Yeah, mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick coming out. There's definitely going to be an audience for this movie. I just think it's going to be a bigger audience for Super Mario Brothers. I don't think so. I think it's going to be Mission Impossible. I think people are they people are like, pretty sure tom cruise died two movies ago and everything else is computer effects because this guy's in his stunts are crazy um they've been playing that one where he does like he he in real life and mm-hmm. in this movie drives a motorcycle off a cliff and then parachutes away from it and they show like the teaser is them just showing him do it in real life being yeah. like this is our like fifth time doing it today. All right, Tom, ready? And then he drives off and you're like, this guy's fucking nuts. <laughs> and he is like his other movie when he had to do like the free fall, dead fall thing. Uh, yeah. From he, Mission Impossible, uh, Impossible Fallout. Yeah. He yeah. was he was filming all day and then going and doing like three or four jumps. And then in the morning, he'd do like three or four more jumps like. Because the the sun was setting or rising, and yeah, no, was whole, no, yeah. that was just him. They wouldn't let him do it unless he did certain amount. He had to put so oh. many hours in that he literally like put in like a hundred and some odd hours while they were filming, so he could have the license to do that deadfall <laughs> and make it look as real as possible. Like the guy's insane. And people want to see that. I mean, the the last thing is like you had the trailers for the movie. But the biggest thing was like, oh, no, this scene right there is when you can see his foot bend the wrong way and he broke it. And then he got up and finished the scene. Tom Cruise is insane. They realized you can show him trailer, but we're going to show you how crazy he is. And that's going to get you into the scene. This is where he shatters his kneecap when he's jumping from building to building. And he almost misses his jump and falls to his death. But you know what? He shattered his kneecap, crawled up, and then ran. And then ran. And then we had to wait three months for him to heal so we could finish filming the movie. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be Mission Impossible. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then we have the Marvels versus the Flash. Uh, oh, a the Battles of the Duds. Yeah, a franchise that people aren't necessarily excited about because it's too woke versus the franchise that nobody cares about because Ezra Miller is a terrible human being. I, this is like the hardest pick for me because my gut, I'm saying the marbles, but also the flesh looks really good based off of that last trailer that we got. But I'm still going in with, like, Shazam thinking where it's like, well, people know none of this is going to matter. It doesn't matter anyways, guys. It's all movies. Like, it's all bullshit. But 
the Flash does it matter because we have something new coming out from here. But again, general public, do they know that? Do they care about that? Or are they just going to go see a Flash movie? Uh, they're going to see a Flash movie and they're going to see Keaton back as Batman. You're going to see Affleck back as Batman. Like it's I think it's going to be really big. And from some of the, the preview stuff, people are saying it's it's great. It's the be- it's going to be the best uh, DC movie they've put out. And that's why I'm going to pick it. Like, I think if maybe I saw a Marvel's trailer, it would be maybe like, oh, I think Marvel's is going to be really good. But it's hard to say that as much as I know about how much of a shit show behind the scenes flash stuff was. When I watched that trailer, I was like, eh, kind of. I kind of want to see it. The Supergirl stuff looks really cool. Oh, it looks so good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's it's if flat if the Flash movie makes me go, I don't want to see it. I think a lot of people are gonna go see it. Or as trash as everybody thinks that Ezra Miller is because of the things that he's been doing, and rightfully so, he he has made himself a kind of a trash person by being it just trashy. Uh, I think people love Michael Keaton that much more yeah. where they're like, Fair. yeah, I'm here for the Keaton of it all. He is Batman. Let's go. So that's why I'm picking the flash. Chris, uh, what are the next two movies? The next two we have are Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. The maybe you've been long awaiting this movie with Oppenheimer, the next Christopher Nolan movie where I cannot confirm, but I'm pretty sure just, how he likes to make movies and tell stories. He's probably setting off an actual nuclear bomb somewhere (laughs) because he's insane. And like, that's how you authentically tell the story. It was going to be cheaper for him to actually uh, set off. (laughs) Yeah. It's cheaper than actually like paying for the CG. Um, would we were driving home from seeing Ant-Man because they did have the Indiana Jones trailer before it. I was just kind of like, I'll see Indiana Jones, but I don't know if I need to see it. And I think Christopher Nolan just has that pedigree as a filmmaker that when he puts out a movie, people take note of it. And I don't know if a tired franchise that people feel burned by based off of Crystal Skull is going to have that same kind of draw. So for me, I'm going to go Oppenheimer. Uh, I'm going to go Indiana Jones. And I think it's, And the reason is most Christopher Nolan movies have some type of big action sequence where you're like, oh, yeah, like I got to see that where this is not that this is about the guy who made a the the A-bomb like. And it's going to be the Christopher Nolan shifting through time the whole time where you're watching it. And I think people are going to be like, man. I don't think I need to see this. It's not an original script. It's based off of a book. Like, I don't think it's going to have the same draw where James Mangold has a good following. People know and like his movies. And it's Indiana Jones. It does look entertaining enough. 
Is Oppenheimer the first um, Christopher Nolan movie not done with Warner Brothers in like forever? Is this his first one or is this still Warner Brothers? I don't know. No, I think it's Warner Brothers. Okay, because I know that they kind of parted ways. But the thing is, not only, John, is it Indiana Jones, but it's an even it's an odd number, even at Indiana Jones, which means it's one of the good ones. That's just right, the, Raiders. Yeah, the I, I, I had to do it. Then, then uh, Last Crusade, and now we're on Dial of I, I Destiny. See, I feel like there haven't been enough of them to do the even-odd trade-off because uh, I'm, we're 50-50 at this point. I don't know. Banking on it. Uh, no, something no. else. Well, yeah, we are 50-50 here right now. Yeah, <laughs> But before, we were 2 or 3. But something else I don't know about, really, is the Blue Beetle movie. Um the next new release from uh, the DC universe uh, versus Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I, Blue Beetle has had his dalliances in the pop culture spotlight with being in like cartoons and TV. I don't know if there's enough baked in loyalty to this character outside of comic book fans to go. There's- I think, Dungeons and Dragons has enough mass market appeal now with stuff like uh, Critical Role or Dimension 20 that the, the people at um, Crack do. And like, there's like, John, you were like listening to a podcast like Dungeons and Daddies, right? Or is, were you listening to a different one? I listened to, I listened to, I, I've listened to a couple different Okay. Um, Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I yeah. think there's enough Dungeons and Dragons ancillary material out there that even if you don't play Dungeons and Dragons, you probably are aware of it just by media saturation at this point. And I think that's going to be enough to get people like, oh, like this is a thing that has been around for a while. People seem to like it. it it's had just like a huge surge of popularity over the years. Like, which is weird and wild to think because the last time we got a Dungeons and Dragons movie was like 2000 and it wasn't good. We all watched that together. Did we like rent it? Yeah. I, you and I know Chris, you and okay, I, I thought Paul was there together. too. I don't know. Maybe but, not. I don't uh, know. So here, here's the thing. Dungeons and Dragons is, there's no stigma to it anymore. Mm-hmm. People know it. People know are fine with it. Sword and sorcery stuff. Everybody watched Game of Thrones. It, people like fantasy now. Uh, and then Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Chris Pine has just got that charisma likability that people are going to be like, hey, people loved him in Princess Diaries 2, the royal engagement. It's wonderful. A treasure. Yeah. I, I, I feel bad that I've never seen that movie. Uh <laughs> But I'm going to have to go with Dungeons and Dragons over that because I don't think enough people enough, I don't think enough people know who Blue Beetle is to know that they want to see it unless that first trailer really knocks their, their socks off. And this is kind of the downfall of like having the list be built randomly because, again, we haven't had a trailer like we had the poster released for it a couple weeks ago and we've had some behind the scenes set photos leak out, but we haven't actually seen anything legit from this movie yet where we've had multiple trailers 
for Dungeons and Dragons. So like they've already sold us this movie. Now it's just like, are you buying it? They haven't actually had a chance to sell us Blue Beetle yet. I think the actor that they have playing Blue Beetle, Yamagure, uh, is is great. Love him in Cobra Kai. Great pick. But yeah, I think like I kind of said about the Captain or Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I'm kind of like, Ugh, it's. I think people are going to wait on the DC stuff until later. So Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves is my pick. Uh, Chris has brought, he's brought the beast to the podcast. And, uh, oh, geez. He's he, he definitely not like another rising else. here. Uh, and Transformers Rise of the Beast is going to go up against Insidious Fear the Dark. Uh, I don't think people care about Transformers anymore. I think those Michael Bay movies have ruined the franchise. And as much as people have said that uh, Bumblebee was great, it's what they should be. Not a lot of people saw it. As much as I've heard that it's good, I have yet to watch it. And it's just, I have no, Transformer does nothing for me anymore. Um, I'm more inclined to watch some of the goofy kid cartoons of Transformers, but the huge following of the Insidious movies, I think that is going to be that's going to outdo Transformers. I, I like I said, horror movies are what bring people into the theaters. I think Insidious has that name recognition that Transformers right now doesn't like Transformers. Like they tried something new with blue bumblebee it didn't get people there so it's, this feels like they're trying to go back and it feels backwards it feels like they put the whole thing in reverse uh so insidious fear the dark uh i'm gonna be the lone santa because i'm going transformers because again i transformers movies haven't been good but this one this is where it gets good i think because bumblebee was supposed to be great i haven't watched it yet but in the lead up to this movie, I probably will be. I think I might have seen the first Insidious movie. I am shocked to literally just Google and find out that this is the fifth one of these movies. But then I know there's also been like the spinoffs with is Conjuring a spinoff of these or it's in that same like universe, it's, the Conjuring. Yeah. Because and then that, they had like oh. the the Nun, which I think is a spinoff from the Conjuring. So okay. So. Annabelle is a spinoff of the Conjuring movies, and I think there's been three of those. And then they've had the Nun, which is a spinoff of the Conjuring movies. I'm getting marveled out of yeah. this. I don't, I, I don't know what's what. I'm not going to see. So maybe it. Insidious isn't part of it. I don't. Know. Uh, Insidious I, is of the same writers and director of the Insidious movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're like in the same world, but they're not Gosh, interconnected. Not. Yeah, huh. I'm sorry. Annabelle is a spinoff. Yeah, of of the Conjuring. Yeah, they all have Patrick know. Wilson. They're, they're supposed to be like good, but I I just haven't made the jump into it yet. Um, like I said up in the front, like Evil Dead's my my horror franchise. Like that's what I'm when going I, back to, and I think like after that would probably be like Halloween. Like I've seen more Halloween movies than any other. Mass uh, mass produced horror movie. Uh, I watched them all when I had my tonsils out. 
because I had nothing better to do. And uh, I also was a little, I was a little high on painkillers, and they were really creepy at the time. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, well, don't what? don't drink and take painkillers, but you no. can drink and talk about movies. Yes, and uh, Paul, our last one is Founders All Day yep. West Coast Session West Coast style IPA, and this is as underwhelming as the all-day haze to me. I think this falls short of regular all-day IPA. Wow. Uh, I think this delivers more pininess, more of that resiny hoppiness than all-day IPA does. It's so thin. See, I'm getting I, – I like it. I, I don't think it's thin. I think it is – I get a full – flavor throughout it it and it lingers it's there i'm i'm enjoying this even more so than the regular all day ipa and i've been going back and forth now i think they're two different things like if i wanted a cleaner crisp with a pop of bitter i'm going all day ipa but if i wanted something to scratch the itch of having a full flavored uh regular ipa but at a lower abv granted it's 4.7. So it's not a low ABV beer. It's a low I ABV. I think this beer. works. It's all of a sudden you are on this weird <laughs> soapbox about it a 4.7% beer not being a low ABV beer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I want to hit you with a brick. <laughs> <laughs> like you just like I don't get it. All of a sudden you do Is this. Is ABV the new IBUs? No, a low ABV is new IBUs. If you're saying it's low and it's you know above 4.5, I'm going to have to be like, no, you're that's standard. That's no, like I, standard, I expect a standard yeah. IPA yeah, is six percent. So to low, be too, uh, it's low for an IPA. Yes, and I think this and that's yeah, what it, that's why you don't see. Oh, I'm drinking a session lager. Mm-hmm. All right, right. You know, but it's power a, power ranking, Paul. It's going to go uh, right now. It's going to go West Coast all day, uh, regular IPA, then the haze, then lastly the crimson sky. I feel like you got a bad one because crimson's my number one. All day, regular all day, my number two. West Coast number three, and haze number four. Chris. My beer is a four as well, because my next beer from Sideward Brewing is, oh, it doesn't say it on the can. I think it's called Marrow of the Earth. Oh, it does say it on the can. It's just written in, like, mm. metal lettering in oh, the nice. skull. Uh, Marrow of the Earth, and this is a Berliner Weiss with pomegranate, cherry, blueberry, and cranberry. And it does hit those, like, nice fruit tart kind of notes, but, like, there's still a really nice sweetness <clears throat> to this. Uh, we actually had this on tap at the brewery and liked it enough to pick up a four pack of it to bring home. Um, this is my first one I've had like the full pour of because I just took a sip of Yanni's and this is my first can of it. But this is delightful. Um, I I stand by the fact that Sideward does Berliners fantastically. Like their Berliners and dark beers are. All knockouts. I would say even like their uh, 
like there are more wheat beers, like the Oktoberfest, like the Sideward Sabbath, the Dunkel. Um, they do those really well. I would say, like, I do have an IPA of theirs in the fridge. If we did get to a fifth, be- uh, fourth beer today, uh, I probably won't be drinking it because we're coming into the the home stretch now. Um, their IPAs are probably their weakest beers. I don't know. Ooh, this this is really good. I like this a lot. And you know what else I like? Dramatic readings. And uh, no, <laughs> um, my my pick when it comes to you're gonna uh, run it back from the bottom to the top. Yeah, we can we can go opposite. So I'm taking that back because I now have Transformers versus Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Um, I think. John, you would have Insidious versus Dungeons and Dragons, and then Paul, you also yes. have Insidious. Okay. Uh, so I'm Lone Standout. I'm going to go Dungeons and Dragons, though, uh, just for the reasons I stated before. I think there's enough brand awareness and cultural approval of Dungeons and Dragons. It's not like the dark, secret, nerdy thing that you do in the basement anymore. Like it's a cartoon you watch on Amazon. Like it's a thing that you listen to on a podcast. It's it's another form of entertainment that's doesn't have that nerd stigmata that it used to. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take D&D over Insidious. So D&D is going on uh, as well. Same. Then my next matchup is the Flash versus Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. That's what I have. Uh, I have Oppenheimer. Versus the Marvels. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so different. Very, very uh, lone standard. I'm going to go with, I think we're going to, who, who can out Keenan, Michael Keenan, in the hearts of everybody, the general movie go, going audience? And that's going to be Indiana Jones himself. Uh, Han Solo. <laughs> actor's name that I'm forgetting. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. And so I'm picking Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. See, I think we've already seen him come back as Han Solo and Dr. Jones, but we have not seen Michael Keaton come back as Batman. And uh, I'm going to go Flash. If I had your matchup, I would probably go the Flash. Because um, of those two movies, I think Flash is the one that I will see. Indiana Jones, I will wait for. But... I do have a weird random matchup. I have the Marvels versus Oppenheimer, and this is a, a tough pick. So I, I might use you guys to kind of like walk me through it because my first walkthrough is to say the Marvels, but also we've talked about superhero burnout, Marvel numbers not being what they used to be. Oppenheimer. Has Christopher Nolan lost his edge with something like Tenet that kind of like polarized fans because people are like, I I couldn't hear it. I don't know what happened in it. Are are they going to go see like historical like fiction now? Because I think your your parents and your grandparents are going to see Oppenheimer. Well, outside of my mom, my parents are dead and my grandparents are all dead. So Mm -hmm. what am I going to do, John? There, there's no generation left, John. Like, do you have any the greatest that, generation? <laughs> Not anymore. Then uh, I wasn't I, trying to beat me. I was just trying to like. No, I know. Uh, well, I your mom it. would probably see the Marvels, so you should probably. My mom go would Marvel. probably see the Marvels, but I haven't talked to my mom about Marvel movies in a moment. Like, 
when I texted her the other day, she was rewatching Mandalorian season two to get ready for Mandalorian season three. And I reminded her, I was like, oh, well, don't forget, like, there's two episodes of Book of Boba Fett you need to to check out because that's what actually leads. In. And then her response back was like, already watched. <laughs> so I don't know where she's at in the Marvel movies because I know she doesn't have like the breadth of knowledge of those as she does Star Wars. But she would probably see the Marvels, but she's also the kind of person that would say, like, oh, Oppenheimer's a Christopher Nolan movie. Like, It's uh, one of the few Christopher Nolan movies that I'm like, eh, I am not interested in seeing it in the theater. I do like Killian Murphy, though. Yeah, but I don't think this he's, is... He's gonna, not a draw. He's not he's, like a Brie Larson. And it's not what you've seen him in before it's not him from peaky blinders it's not going to be him 28 from days later 28 days later it's not going to be him from is a scarecrow like he's playing a, a a fictional like a, a Sorry, i didn't know if i froze no if you were, like, I, weeks together because like one of the cats like walked through like the blinds so i don't know if you were like looking at that too no i was looking that uh i didn't Usually in the top corner, it says it's recording and it's not there anymore. And then I was panicked that I haven't been this hasn't been recording. Oh, it did. It does the same thing for me. It doesn't show like the recording time up on top. It just, but yeah. it does say. But, like, but it could, does. It just says stop recording on the bottom there. So hopefully Paul's I, still I, recording. <laughs> I had a slight panic that we've been doing this and not. Uh, no, after I froze recording. and came back, I, I, I noticed that. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think it i don't think oppenheimer is going to have that that draw and marvels i think is going to ha- in my mind marvels would have a bit more i agree i marvels is going to be my pick um i wouldn't be surprised if oppenheimer had like a surprise pull at the box office though well, the next one that I have, I think, is going to be on the tougher side, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 versus Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. That's Paul. Match up as well. Uh, I have Guardians versus Super Mario. Uh, but as much as much as as much as I think Guardians is going to be good and big, I don't think it's going to do the Mission Impossible numbers. I thought this is where we were going to deviate, and I was going to score some points. Uh, but yeah, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. I, I think Top Gun Maverick proves that Tom Cruise is a movie star that garners movie ticket sales. Like that's the only reason why people like what what was Top Gun Maverick to the mo- general movie going audience other than a Tom Cruise movie. Uh, yeah. Steve, Steven Spielberg, who had a huge falling out with Tom Cruise with the War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. uh, was caught, like, not caught, but, like, you can see him come up to Tom Cruise, shake his hand, and he goes, thank you for saving the movie industry. <laughs> so, so, I mean, uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg's to, like, all right. You not to poke holes doing. in your theory, because, I, yeah, we talked about this with Maverick. Why was that audience not there for something like Universal's The Mummy that came out like four, five years ago? Like nobody cared about that movie at all. But it was because also that was an, still like it was like Tom more Cruise of an ensemble. Running. Was it? Who yeah. else was in that movie? 
the Gerard, no, not Gerard, but the Master Commander. What's his name from? Uh, he he was Russell like Crow. Bit, Russell bit Crow. role bit role part in it. Like was, it was like everybody was, had a bit role part in it. I don't think it was sold well enough by Warner Brothers. They Universal. were sell Universal, but it's all right. Uh, it wasn't. If, yeah, no, I know, but I thought Warner Brothers uh, owned them. But it, yeah, you're right. Um, but it wasn't sold well enough, and nobody cared about that monster verse. And also, I think what the biggest thing was if I'm going to see a mummy movie, it's going to be Brendan Fraser kicking my mummy ass. So that's why that movie didn't do that well. Sorry, now that I have the time, I just wanted to bring in some discussion. So we were just like, oh, my picks this. Go, oh, my picks this. Um, oh, yeah, because we already talked about all the movies during yeah. the first matchup, and I that's have, how all these again, brackets go. I have a, a different matchup because I now have Guardians versus Super Mario, and I think I will be going Guardians just because I, I think it will just do better. I don't know. I already spoke to both of these on why I think they'll do well, but I think Guardians has proven itself now just again i think this is what's going to make it or break your bracket then like versus it could be who who knows we won't know until all of these movies are uh, out and about yeah uh and i have fast x versus across the spider verse i i do as well yep and uh and it's gotta be spider-man right yeah i i agree um again this is where Fast X runs out of gas. Uh, I, and I agree. I think the people who want to see Fast X are going to see it the first couple weeks. I don't think it's going to be that going back to and going back to and going back to seeing it, where I can see people going and seeing it, talking, and then being like, oh my gosh, I missed that in it. That was good enough. I'll go see it again because I can't tell you in the we we rented we rented uh, into the Spider-Verse. And then we probably watched it twice on that rental. Mm -hmm. Then we bought it. And then I I mean, that that DVD just kept. We just kept playing it and playing it. And yeah, my son wanted to watch it again, but I was like, yeah, man, let's, let's do it. It's good. I loved it. So I I can imagine so much extra in this that people would want to go back to it, especially with the water cooler talk about it. it uh, I was going to pull that same thread because for me, I know, I know people that see the, Fast and the Furious movies, but it's never like a topic of conversation. Spider-Verse definitely was like, oh, did you, did you see Spider-Man yet? Did you see Spider-Man? Oh my gosh, Spider-Man. Like, Fast and the Furious movies, at least for my circle of friends, and this is very anecdotal, like, mm -hmm. maybe not the same for everybody else, but nobody seems to care about it, but there's obviously people that do. Like, again, these movies make billions of dollars, so... There, there is a following for it, but me personally going, again, with my heart for this one, I have to say Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah Spider-Man. Uh, so we go top-down top or bottom-down? Yeah, to let's, the top let's just, yeah, okay. just because it's easier to scroll. 
So I have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse versus Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Me as well. I have Spider-Man versus Guardians. Ooh, Chris, that's a Marvel versus Marvel matchup. One is Marvel. It's what is it called again? The Sony Pictures Marvel's Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel characters. Yeah, it's no longer. I literally had to go through like. It's no longer like Spunk. Was it like the Spider-Man multiverse? They had that stupid uh, title. I, I, I have to go again with Spider-Man across this multiverse or across the Spider-Verse because I think that I think it will draw the families in. You, you can sell four tickets for every two tickets that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning will sell. You know what I mean? That is very Unless you're buying by the car because John's going to be going to the driving driving. Uh, I don't. <sighs> See, I don't think you're going to bring the whole family back to see the mission or to see the Spider-Man. You're going to get that initial family purchase of those tickets uh, where I think you're going to have adults going back for Mission Impossible. And I'm taking Mission Impossible. Oh, good. Good. Uh, again, I have a different matchup. I have Guardians 3 versus Spider-Man. I'm going Spider-Man. I think it's the characters that are at the end of their story versus Spider-Man, Spider-Verse stuff, which we're now kind of getting started on it because we already know that there's going to be a sequel with Beyond the Spider-Verse coming out two years from now, a year from now. I I don't remember early states for it. But I think Into the Spider-Verse did a good enough job of introducing all this weird multiverseness that it didn't come off as obtuse or dense for the people going into it. And people were able to just go in and have fun with like a 30 second introduction to who these characters were. And they're like, okay, there's a black and white Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Here we are. Oh, Mecca, Jap- Mecca Japan animation girl, Spider-Man. Okay. That's fine. Like, because they were already in it because of someone like Miles. And I think they're just ready to get more of that character. And I think, to John's point, like his son's favorite Spider-Man is now Miles Morales. And that's dope. Like That's amazing. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going Spider-Man over Guardians, though. I have Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny versus Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. The two movies with some of the longest titles on our bracket. <laughs> but uh, our bracket does beat all of these movies with the title, though. So, you know, yes. we got that going for us. Because <laughs> that's the rule. Your bracket's title has to be longer than anything anything competing on said bracket. Uh, I have uh, I have Flash versus D&D. I have Marvels versus D&D. So I'm going to go with... Uh, Old man, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I think I'm, I'm hoping I, that James. I Van think Gould this is where Paul wins it. Because I'm I'm leaning heavily into the Dungeons and Dragons, and if this movie doesn't do well, like my entire like half of the bracket falls apart. Would you say your bracket is busted? <laughs> Bring out Buster. It could be because uh, I have Marvels versus D and D, and I'm continuing on with Dungeons and Dragons. It, it just seems fun. And to p- 
just kind of look at the Fast and the Furious things. That's what people like about those movies now. Like, your wife hasn't gotten to that point, Paul, but everyone likes the Fast and the Furious movies because they're just irreverent, goofy, stupid, over-the-top fun. There's a and, scene in Fast, Too Fast, Too Furious where a mobster takes a rat, puts him underneath a bucket on the top of a guy's stomach, and then like starts the it starts flamethrowing the bucket to get the rat to like dig inside the guy before that you know he's explaining what's going to happen we don't see if it actually happens if he actually goes through with it that's when kate's like nope we're done i'm not that happens I'm in game done of thrones too these, i'm done with all of these movies they're done and well, the wow first three are on the international women's day michelle rodriguez would be <laughs> she's not even in the second one Oh, that's okay. I don't she know. Doesn't, she doesn't come back to like five. But she, he's in Miami so now. He's in Miami. He's not oh, over. You just put five on, and then you pass it. You're like, oh, what's what's this? Is this Michelle Rodriguez? Oh, what is this Fast and Furious five? Paul, you uh, put the, you put the Blu-ray in. Blu-ray. <laughs> And this is where we're all going to be different because I'm going to go Flash over D&D. That's your make and break right now. Yeah, so I have Mission Impossible versus The Flash. Hmm. Chris, what did you pick in your matchup? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, wow. Okay, so John, your your make or break is The Flash. Chris's make and break is Dungeons & Dragons. Mine is Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, which, I mean, if you're looking just at pedigree of easy, like yours is the only kind of like built-in, I guess, franchise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's more more of them, I guess, over like 30, 40 years. Yeah, versus The Flash, which is it's, you know, it's part of a, you know, franchise, but not its own franchise. So... John, you already said you have The Flash versus Spider-Man. Mission, Mission Impossible. Ooh. Wow. Chris, you have... Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Dungeons & Dragons. And I have Spider-Man versus Indiana Jones. Uh, I'm going Mission Impossible all the way. Tom uh, Cruise. You are running the gun in it. You are top gunning it, sir. You're being a maverick. I think because of the success of Maverick and because of the the Mission Impossible movies, where they've gone, I think people are gonna they're gonna want to see this. They're gonna they're gonna go for it. So, yeah. how did the last Mission Impossible movie do on opening weekend? Because this is the thing where Top Gun every you know you had thirty some of uh, forty years to have seen the first Top Gun movie. Like and then see, go see Maverick versus Mission Impossible, which now is like what six movies? It was the sixth one. Yeah, I'm literally pulling it up right now. Six um, movies now. That seems like a lot of homework to do. But it's not as bad as like the Marvel movies, though. Which right, it's not as bad, but it could like. <sighs> but there's enough distance between each movie that right. so people have seen them. They've been on. They're on TV. All yeah. the time. They're all they're always on streaming, some okay. streaming service, whether, you know. 
Chris, have you got um, those numbers? Yes. Yeah, so the opening weekend. Well, uh, it's a weird weekend because it actually came out on Tuesday, March seventh. All right, right. So it's it's hard to get like the weekend because our original way to look at it was the actual like the weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But if you look at like what the when it came out to what it it did, it was like uh, oh, this doesn't seem right. All right, so something is off on Box Office Mojo for me, where it's not giving it actually in order of uh, the days, like because everything is all over the place. Um, so I don't know is my response to that. All right, so I just did this quick search. It made seven hundred ninety-one million dollars U.S. and that's worldwide. It made two hundred twenty million dollars in the United States and Canada together. So. And that's Mission uh, 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 Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, that's okay. My bad. My bad. When I clicked, because I was on the page for Mission Impossible, and I thought when I clicked weekend, it would show me the opening weekend for that movie, but just showing me all the movies that came out mm-hmm. and what they did this weekend. Um, but before I did that, I was actually looking into the Spider-Man, into the Spider-Verse box mm-hmm. office, because I thought that movie did more money than it actually did but it was done on a budget of like 90 million and it made like 135 million so it was you know a success it made back its money plus some extra i'm still going to continue on with spider-man going over dungeons and dragons um but i'm just surprised because i thought into the spider-verse did a lot more money it was 135 million it was one of those things that once it hit DVD is when everybody saw it and everybody it found its love. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that love carries through because uh, I. OK, so, yeah, by the time it completed everything, it did three hundred eighty four point three million. So, again, a lot of money, but it's it's weird to to think that, oh, that's not as much money as I thought. I'm looking at the Mission Impossible Fallout, and I'm surprised it does a lot better internationally than it does uh, domestic. Are, are we uh, doing the same rules? Did we discuss it? It, it? We're still doing the domestic first matchup is opening weekend versus opening weekend next. I think we have to look at it now more week. like not weekend because now movies come out on Wednesday or so it's the first full like week. Tuesday. Yes, it's like so from release date through that Sunday, because it might come out on like a Friday. It could come out on a Wednesday. Like I think we need to look at it like, yes, this movie came out this day. This is what it earned through Sunday before that Monday. And then and we have to make it easy for me to go to Box Office Mojo and just click on one link to get it. Well, stuff. then you you tell us. <laughs> well, I, I it's think been, it's been like three years, so. When you get there, the box office is, mojo was bought out by another company. Is IMDb, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, I think we still just do the same thing, but instead of just looking at like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's like, oh, this movie came out Wednesday. Like that's baked into like the opening, not necessarily opening weekend, but like we look at the opening for that movie, and that's what carries it through to the next round. And then you can, okay. like, the same rules apply from that point on. Because I think there were movies that we had had on the bracket before. They were like, oh, well, we can't talk opening night because 
that's not weekend, and we might have lost some things that would maybe have changed the game. But also, I think this year we all have pretty different brackets, which is kind of fun. Yeah. It's definitely different. I I have Spider-Man winning it all. I I have Spider-Man winning it all as well. Versus Indiana Jones. And John, who do you have winning it all? Uh, Mission Impossible. It's weird that I live in a world where I have Dungeons and Dragons getting up to like the like the finals though. Like yeah, like, it, it got ten, pretty far on mine too. Ten years ago or whenever we started this, because again we never actually tracked it all. I I never would have thought it would have come down to so Dungeons and Dragons beating a Marvel movie, two Marvel movies because it went up basically past uh, the Marvels and Guardians of the Galaxy. But still losing to a Marvel movie because <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> well, if you have a list that you of brackets, if you yes. follow this, one time we put them up and people could do them. Uh, let us know if you think you have a movie that's going to go all the way. If there's a movie we missed, which there are some. Um, I think when Chris made this list too, Haunted Mansion was originally on it, but then Paul was like, "Oh, you didn't put Mission Impossible on." I was like, "I, I missed that one." Like just straight up, like, "Oh, I didn't realize that was coming out," because Haunted Mansion originally was on this, and Mission Impossible was not, so that would have drastically changed the bracket as well. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a picks, do it. Send it to us figure it out i don't know uh like subscribe thank you for listening bang the broadcast at gmail.com if you do want to send us your your bracket or if you need us to send you the bracket for you to can we copy and paste that to them yeah put that on there it's on the it's on the google doc i know they can't see it but we can see it yeah Yeah, we can copy paste it and send it to you Uh, let us know if you want it